Hey guys, Paul Rick here. Welcome to Baseball Dad Show. Over the next eight episodes, they're going to bring you a very special series on college baseball recruiting, and it's called The Recruiting Killers. Now, these are the things that prevent players from getting attention, getting recruited, and getting the opportunities at the next level that they deserve. Now, I know some of you have sons as young as six, seven years old, but it's important that everyone listens to this because the college recruiting process comes up fast. It actually starts now in the eighth grade. I know. That's insane, but those are the realities of the situation. You have to start to lay the foundation this early. And the, the ones who make the most of their opportunities, who get to the right schools, the right programs with the right coaches, and give their sons the chance to continue their education and play baseball at the next level, they get the recruiting process right. It's as simple as that. So I hope you enjoy this series. And if you head on over to baseballrecruitingcenter.com, baseballrecruitingcenter.com, there's lots of information over there and a free download for you that will help you figure out everything you need to know about helping your son get into, again, the right school, right program, right coaches, and maximizing all those opportunities to play baseball at the next level. So hope you enjoy the series and I'll talk to you soon. To understand recruiting killer number two, I, I need you to understand the Millennium Tower. The Millennium Tower is a building uh, in San Francisco. It's unbelievable. Like, it was built for the first class of the first class, right? This is, like, for people who want the best of everything. It, it's got, it, it's built out of, like, all the, like, best materials, and it's got all these, like, different, like, apartments in it. I think each one's, like, on one floor or something like that, but it's got, like, private elevators, and you drive down into a private, like, garage and stuff like that, and it's got, like, a bowling alley and a workout, a restaurant, a song, all these things. Right? It's got, like, everything that you could ever want. And it's like luxurious, right? Um, and this, the second day, you know, they were able to sell these um, apartments. Like Joe Montana, quarterback, he bought one. Bill Gates bought one. I think Larry Ellison bought one and somebody else. Maybe Buster Posey. I'm not sure. But, but famous people started jumping on this. And that just led to, here is like the greatest thing we've ever built for the first class of the first class. There's going to be celebrities in your building. That thing sold out in a second beautiful if you look at it it's unbelievable it's sinking it's sinking it's moving a few inches every year if you if you put a marble on the floor it rolls down there's windows that are starting to crack because the foundation is moving and so it adjusts the whole structure Recruiting killer number two is the failure to open the portal. And what it really means, it's the failure to lay the proper foundation. And that's what the people who built the Millennium Tower failed to understand. They understood luxury. They understood design, clearly. They understood artistry and uh, architecture and, and, and they understood uh, quality of materials and amenity. They understood all of that. They understood all of that. But they failed to understand foundation. And now their failure to understand foundation is now costing them this building. And I'm sure, like, you know, reputations, embarrassment, like, you don't want to be the guy that's like, that, that has, a, hey, I laid the foundation for the Millennium Tower. You know, like, I, that's not going to be a great thing for your business. And so, <clears throat> 
recruiting killer number two is opening the portal. It's failure to open the portal. Failure to lay the proper foundation. Failure to lay the first brick right. So if the Millennium Tower was a two-story building and the foundation was shifting, it's not really a major problem and it's easier to fix. But because it's this, I don't know how many floors it has, whatever it has, maybe 80 floors or something like that. Because it has so many floors, it's, 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 a, it's a problem. It's a big problem. Because the bigger the thing that you want to build, the more perfect the foundation has to be. And so for this, for your son, this is it. Like, if you, if you go back to when you looked at your son, when, when he was born, you held him in his arms, you looked down in his eyes, you had hopes and dreams for that kid. And as a parent, you automatically, in the sh you know, it's so hard to explain. A lot of the kids who work for me, um, well, they're not kids, they're having kids. A lot of the guys who work for me, um, you know, they're starting to have kids. And, and you know, I tell them ahead of time what it's going to be like, but you can't, you can't describe it, right? That kid looks at you, and then all of a sudden, you care more about another person than you could ever possibly care for yourself. You would rip your beating heart out of your chest and give it to your son if that would make his life better. You would give up all of your hopes and dreams if there was like a, you know, a genie that said, you can, all your, your son can have all his hopes and dreams, you just have to give up all yours. We'd do it. We'd all do it. That's our job. And so when we had those hopes and dreams for the kid, that's a big thing. That's a skyscraper. We're trying to build a life here. And the culmination of all those hopes and dreams, uh, you know, I, don't, I always hesitate on saying this is the biggest decision of his life because I'm sure there'll be other things that maybe you will guide him through. But th th this is at least the biggest decision right now. And it's a decision that certainly can have a massive effect on his future and can have a massive effect of those hopes and dreams. So laying the foundation for this is you're trying to build something really big. You're trying to put him in a situation that's going to give him a place for his talents, his skills, his passion, his goals to be expressed and achieved. And you're trying to now, you're trying to lay the foundation for what might be the rest of his life. Because where he goes to school, he might meet that special someone there. He may decide to put down roots there. A lot of guys do that. Um, he, you know, the people he meets, the professors he's with, the coaches, the mentors he's with, uh, how he feels about this experience, how he expresses his athletic abilities. This is you're you're building a skyscraper of a life. This decision here that you're going to make in these few years will set up the next, hopefully, 80, 90 years of his life. You know, that next generation will live a lot longer than us. It's a skyscraper. So you laying the foundation right is key. And laying the foundation right in recruiting is a portal. You have to open a portal. And a, a big problem I get uh, from people who are not my clients, my clients don't have this problem, but is ghosting. Now for you older guys on the call, ghosting is a term that the kids use. And ghosting is when you are communicating with someone but you're not getting a reply. And so, you know, you're emailing, messaging, whatever, calling, and they're, uh, they're not replying to you. So in opening the portal is you have to have distinction in your communication. Because if we can't communicate, if we don't have that portal open, like nothing we do after matters. So the Millennium Tower, once the foundation was screwed up, Every single second they spent and every single penny and dollar they spent was wasted. 
And that's the same for recruiting. When that portal isn't open, the greatest communicator in the world can't help you if the communication's not getting through, if the communication's not received, if the communication is not organized, set up, and written in a way that it checks off boxes for the coaches, that it's attractive for the coaches. So um, when the portal is basically being in conversation, being in dialogue. So some of the things that, uh, the thing that prevents the portal is you look like everyone else. So one of the things to understand in the portal is this. We have to look at who we're communicating to, right? So I always love to take all of my parents and players through this exercise. Let's go through the day in the life of a, a college coach. So today's a Friday in the spring. So a college coach today is either playing a game. He's got a game probably at 3 o'clock, 3.30. Um, he definitely has weekend games. He, if he doesn't have a game today, he's got three this weekend. He's got a doubleheader tomorrow, doubleheader, uh, or a game on Sunday, or a game tomorrow, doubleheader on Sunday, either one, right? So he's got at least three games in the next two days, right? Or, I mean, sorry, in the next three days, if it is a Friday, right? So let's go right now. It is, what time is it? It is noon, just coming up on noon. So noon on a Friday, you're either playing a game today or you have a doubleheader tomorrow. What do you think a college coach's life looks like? So he's either getting ready for practice, he's working on his practice plan, he's, getting his, he's gotta get his rotation ready, his pitchers available ready, he's gotta see who's ready to go, who might be banged up, who might be injured. If there's a guy who's injured that might be, it might be like day to day, he's gotta check on that guy. If there's someone coming off like the injured list, he's gotta check on that guy. Um, he's gotta make sure everything is all set up for the weekend or for today's game or today's practice. He's got to deal with kids and grades. He may have to travel to um, to play these games. So he might have to, he might be getting on a plane today. He might be getting on a bus or he has a team coming in that the university now has to receive. And, and then, then he's got like, you know, kids and grades and kids and, you know, college stuff problems that kids do. And he's got the organization of the baseball, um, program, which is mind blowing the, the amount of paperwork and stuff that he's got to do. He's probably got some calls from parents about players on the team. He's probably got some, he's probably got to talk to his trainers. He probably has to talk to his assistant coaches. He probably has a couple players that he might need to have one-on-ones with. That's today. Take a day in October. Let's make it a Friday in October. He may be going to a showcase, traveling to a tournament, going to watch players play, recruiting, having recruiting calls, having recruiting visits making offers, checking in on offers, running the baseball program. And that means, again, monitoring the students, monitoring the grades, monitoring their behavior, their attendance in class, all that kind of stuff. Now, you take a day in October and you take a day in the spring. They're really busy days. Not to mention that there's probably Mrs. Head Coach. Mrs. Head Coach wants to have, you know, a head coach home for dinner. And once, and, and then there's probably uh, little head coaches. They're probably kids, right? That he wants to be part of their lives and see their game. And he has, he has a whole life outside of this. And so in all of this mess, here comes your email. Here comes your email in, in an email box, uh, in an email box that looks like war, right? 
and he's getting seven to 50 emails per day from high school students, from prospects. Seven to 50 a day, and there's your email. And now, like we talked about earlier, is that most people send ignorable emails. And so if you're getting ghosted right from the get-go, two things. There's a failure to understand who's receiving your message. And then there, so, and that's timing. So part of that is timing, is understanding the person in timing. Number two is what did you send? Did you send something really ignorable that he can file away and deal with later? Because and on any day of the week, I guarantee you, a coach is looking to see what he can get off his desk, not what he could put on his desk. Now, it also could be that you sent a modern day communication to a previous generation person. So I'm 48 years old. I'm probably the median age of every college coach in the country. There are probably coaches who are 68 and 70, and there are probably coaches who are 28 and 30. But I would say the bulk of college coaches are probably within 10 years of my age. Now, if you are in 10 years of my age, I obviously run a digital company. I understand all about technology, internet, social, all that. I get it. I get all of it. I'm the oldest person in my company. Everyone's younger. So I understand communication in that way. That's on purpose. But you know what I also respect? I also wish it was 1996 because it was a lot simpler. And so sometimes what you say is not only ignorable in that is it, is it template and does it look like everyone else's email? So if it looks like everyone else's email, why should he give it his attention? There's no reason. You're not, you're, 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 the player is failing to give the coach a reason to pay attention. He's actually saying, file me away or ignore me. I'm nothing special. Now, sometimes it's what you said in the email that makes it ignorable. So did you say you are instead of, you know, the, the letters you are instead of spelling out your? Is, is there any capitalization? Is there any punctuation? Is there like a salutation? Is there, is there signed off by like a person with a name and not like two initials or just a first name? And then we could talk for hours about what goes in the email. So that's why you might have a ghosting situation where the coach doesn't reply. Now, let's say one of the trickier ones is when you get into a ghosting situation and um, you, you send a reply, you know, you get a reply from the coach and then it goes dead. Or you get a reply and a reply and then it goes dead. Or a reply, 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 and then it goes dead. So there's a few reasons. That could happen. Number one, you said the wrong things. You said something wrong. He saw something. He saw something in your email. He saw something maybe in a video you sent, or maybe he saw something in a profile that he didn't like. He, he felt something. There's another one. He felt something, right? He just got a sense of who you were based on your communication style or what he saw in a video. He just got a sense for, for you know, who you were. Um, he heard something. You'd be surprised how many um, uh, recruiting processes die because of the size of the baseball community. The baseball community is a really small place. And you would be surprised at, you know, who, who is the 
uh, assistant coach at a college that used to play for the head coach of this college or who's the head coach of that college that used to be an assistant or who's the head coach there that's now the head coach over here and those two head coaches played together in high school or played together in college or in a summer league or on a travel team or something you would be amazed if you want to know where a lot of recruiting processes go to die it's in the communication and the size of the rec- of the baseball industry it's a very close-knit community and not only is it close-knit in what people passively hear but it's also close-knit in what people actively hear so he may have saw your email and saw that you played for a high school that he knew some other you know he knew a, a, a team a coach of a team that you played against and he called that coach or he saw that you played for a coach and he called that coach or he called somebody connected to that coach or the volunteer assistant that was on your travel team used to play for the coach and he called the coach. you would be amazed that's why i don't take anyone whose nose doesn't clean i won't work with anyone whose nose doesn't clean it's too it's too risky for step one is clean up all your problems and then i'll work with you and i'll show you how to do that we have it we you know we'll, we show people how to kind of clean up your clean up your issues or your potential issues the worst part is when they don't know there was an issue when they don't know there was an issue and they don't know to clean it up sometimes it's it's working with parents i've done this a lot where you're digging a little deeper and trying to understand it and you figure out like oh, okay well here's a couple things that maybe you should clean up go clean them up and then we can work together now um the, 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 there's a real difference. Um, well, I mean, the, the last thing would be that he just wasn't a fit, right? He sent an email to a, a coach that he was just not a fit for the program in any number of ways, athletically, academically, distance-wise, culture of the team. So there's some players, there's some coaches that just recruit in the region. They just want regional type players. And so it just to be a, 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 a not a fit. There's no client of mine that sends an email that's not a fit. N- none none and so how do you go what do you do now you're getting ghosted what do you do now you've gone from uh, you go from a welcome guest to an annoying pest the whole idea is to never be in these situations that's why you open a portal so now there's millions of dollars and hundreds of engineers that are working on the Millennium Tower trying to get this thing not to, not to sink into the ground further and cause any other damage because the further it sinks, by the way, it's like a, a, a cascading effect. It affects the foundations of everybody else. So there's, there's a ton of money being spent trying to correct a mistake in the foundation. So if you want this to be right, it has to be right from the start. Now, the good thing is you can reset it. You can reset it. And there's a way to reset it. You have to be very delicate. And, and that's one of the things we help our, our clients that need to reset it do is, is one of the reasons I, I will take over the communication because I, will, I can reset it for them and get it back on track, especially if we have a five-star fit. So opening a portal is crucial. And the failure to open that portal the failure to lay that foundation, you'll get a building that's going to sink. You'll get a building that nothing you do after will be will make it work. And then you'll spend a whole lot of money. You'll throw a whole lot of good money after bad money trying to fix a problem that was so very simple. I open the portals for my players every day with an email that's two lines. And we open that portal. 
and it's fast. You can open a portal for an eighth grader, ninth grader, 10th grader, 11th grader, e even a senior, even a 12th grader. You can open a portal at any time, even post-grad players, even players that are in JUCO. You can open a portal anytime. And if you have the right fit, that portal won't just open. That portal will open and welcome you in and come on in, sit down, we're having dinner and come on, let's talk about your son's baseball. If that portal is open right, it's, it's, it, sets the, it sets up everything else to go right. The portal is not open, it sets up everything else to be a problem. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for baseball dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to baseballdadsbook.com, all the information is there, and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.